1: we interrupt this broadcast. Before it was history, it was news.
2: It appears as though something has happened in the motor
1: I station. said, those are
2: shots. Man on the moon. We copy it down, Eagle.
1: I shall resign the presidency,
0: effective at noon tomorrow.
1: I'm Bill Curtis. It's been said that breaking news becomes the first draft of history. What's overlooked is how deeply we relied on broadcast journalists who met the adrenalized demands of those moments, often with courage and daring. Broadcast journalism has a simple, sober purpose, to keep the public informed through the best and worst of times. But the consequence of that labor is profound. As legendary newsman Walter Cronkite wrote, the free press is the central nervous system of a democratic society. No true democracy can exist without it. History has borne out that wisdom, but before it was history, it was news.
0: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash adfreenewspodcasts. That's amazon.com slash adfreenewspodcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: is a dramatization of an event in history that occurred before the broadcast era, but is being presented as if it had been reported by broadcast journalists. Our story is based on historical documents, academic research, and actual news reports that appeared in newspapers and journals at the time. Again, this is a dramatization.
0: This is Naya Pearson for the Liberator News Network. We interrupt this broadcast to report on an insurrection of enslaved people happening as I speak. We are speaking to you from Southampton County in the slave state of Virginia. I've come here with William Lloyd Garrison, president of LNN and publisher of the abolitionist newspaper, The Liberator, to investigate reports he's received about a tragedy unfolding. He first got word just a day ago of an uprising of enslaved people, and the fighting is still raging around us. William What do we know so far?
4: Please, keep your voice down and be on the lookout. I'm a wanted man in several slave states. Nevertheless, I felt it was our duty representing the Liberator to investigate what is happening in Southampton County. Our network of freed slaves and informants in the area told us that yesterday, on 21 August 1831, an enslaved person known variously as General Nat or Preacher Nat led an uprising here that has resulted in a grave loss of life for both black and white residents. A tragedy for free and enslaved people alike. It is oppressively warm here, and the usual scent of the peach orchards has been overtaken by the hellish smell of these dear-slaughtered souls, just left to the elements. It is nearly unbearable.
0: We are now approaching the heart of Southampton County. If I can try to explain what I'm seeing around us... Organized groups of citizens are fighting back and forth. Both free and enslaved men are armed with rifles and other weapons. Hand-to-hand combat continues to rage around us. We are headed away from the fighting for our own safety. My God, there are murder people laid out before us. I, I've never seen carnage like this before. Both black and white, young and old, savagely murdered and left exposed to the elements.
4: May God have mercy on us all. Naya, we must seek cover.
1: What our fictional Liberator news networks Naya Pearson and William Lloyd Garrison had just stumbled upon was a massacre that wouldn't be matched until the Civil War more than 30 years later. In fact, the events of August 1831 in Southampton County, Virginia accelerated the tension that led to the Civil War and eventually toppled the southern state system of slavery. A 31-year-old enslaved man named Nathaniel Nat Turner, who was both literate and a preacher in the Virginia slave community, led a bloody two-day uprising in the area, known as both Preacher Nat and General Nat to his followers. Turner and six other hatchet-wielding disciples began their rebellion by killing Turner's own master, Joseph Travis, along with his wife nine-year-old son, and a hired hand, all as they slept in their beds. They secured guns and horses and set off across the countryside in a murderous rampage. This initial group, along with an estimated 75 followers, murdered at least 55 citizens in the area. In a backlash against the uprising, over 200 black citizens were murdered, although most were not involved in any way. After the insurrection, Nat Turner was on the run for over six weeks, a fugitive from the authorities. While they were searching for him and his accomplices, the terrible details of the insurrection came to light through news reports and witness statements.
2: This is Johnny Dixon reporting for One Virginia News from Southampton County. The scene of last month's awful massacre of citizens of the great commonwealth of Virginia, many of them women and children, whose lives were ended by a demonic band of slaves eager to spill the blood of white Virginians. They were led by Nat Turner, who has not yet been found to the eternal shame of those who hide him to this day. Turner's own master, Joseph Travis, was among the slaughtered. To understand what happened here, we are speaking with Miss Mary Blackford, who recently visited with surviving members of the Whitehead family, which was nearly wiped out in the insurrection. Mary, what did the Whitehead survivors tell you?
3: A few minutes after the Negroes were seen riding up the lane leading to the house, they killed Miss Whitehead's son, a minister, as he stood on that very lane. Then they were in the house and commenced their work of slaughter... "'The mother of the family was among the first killed. "'The youngest of the daughters happened to be a little way from the house in some very high corn which concealed her and might have escaped, "'but losing all presence of mind on hearing what was going on, "'she screamed loudly in spite of the entreaties of a young Negro girl who was with her. "'Drawn by her screams, the murderers rushed upon her.' Aggie, the little girl, endeavored to shield her young mistress at the risk of her own life but was torn from her with such force as to tear the stress she had on from her shoulders and thrown to the ground where she expected to be killed herself. But they contended themselves with the murder of the young mistress.
2: This is the most horrific crime I've heard in all my days. How many members of the Whitehead family died?
3: Old Mrs. Whitehead and her four grown daughters, a son... And a grandson were all murdered by these fanatics. The only one of Mrs. Whitehead's family who was at home whose life was saved was her daughter Harriet. This
2: one good and proud Virginia family accounted for six out of the sixty souls lost to these murderous slaves. Get Mary, you as a good Christian woman stand here today in defense of Southampton County slaves. Have you gone mad?
3: I am not mad in the least, sir. It is only because of the slaves of Southampton County that many whites survived this attack. Let me name some of the people they saved. Miss Harriet Whitehead, who I mentioned earlier. The insurrectionist knew she was alive and hunted for her, but she was hidden by her own family slaves. One of the men that saved her was brought out to be shot as an insurrectionist, and only Miss Harriet's protest saved his life. The Porter family just down the street was saved by slaves who ran and warned them. And those same slaves pointed the insurrectionists in the wrong direction to find them. Out of 40 Negroes on this plantation, only three joined in the insurrection. And not until they were intoxicated. Many of the slaves walked with sticks bearing white cloth to show that they were not involved, yet many of them were killed for it.
2: And many more insurrectionists will face justice, God willing. I'm Johnny Dixon, Wan Virginia News.
1: We'll continue our story in a moment.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more
4: muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: I'm Bill Curtis. Welcome back. Following Nat Turner's rebellion, which took hundreds of lives of both whites and blacks in Southampton County, Virginia, an intense manhunt took place for Turner. General Nat evaded search parties for many weeks before finally being arrested on October 30th 1831. Nat Turner and his 16 remaining followers were promptly sentenced to death by hanging for their roles in the uprising. But before he faced
4: the gallows, he shared his inspiration and motive. As the publisher of Liberator News Network, I have taken extraordinary steps to gain access to Mr. Nat Turner, to learn about his life and motivation to lead an insurrection that cost the lives of over 200 people. Turner has been found guilty at trial and will be hanged by the neck in less than one week's time. I will attempt to describe his confinement. The jail is a clapboard structure, two levels. The interior is divided into four cells, each enclosed by iron bars crossing at right angles and secured to the ceiling timbers. They appear in good repair, properly whitewashed and clean, and seem adequately ventilated. But still carries the distinct smell of Desperation, As does any jail, I suppose. <clears throat> Nat Turner, plain and direct. Why did you do it?
5: I was divinely inspired to lead a slave uprising, as the world is calling it. In my childhood, a circumstance occurred which made an indelible impression on my mind. And I imagine laid the groundwork of that enthusiasm which has terminated so fatally to many, both black and white, and for which I am about to atone at the gallows. It is here necessary to relate this circumstance, trifling as it may seem. It was the commencement of that belief, which has grown with time, and even now, sir, in this dungeon— Helpless and forsaken as I am, I cannot divest myself of. Being at play with other children when three or four years old, I was telling them something which my mother overhearing said had happened before I was born. I stuck to my story, however, and related some things which went in her opinion to confirm it. I surely would be a prophet as the Lord had shown me things that had happened before my birth. And my father and mother strengthened me in this my first impression, saying in my presence, I was intended for some great purpose, which they had always thought from certain marks on my head and chest. My grandmother who was very religious, and whom I was much attached. My master, who belonged to the church and other religious persons who visited the house and whom I often saw at prayers, noticing the singularity of my manners, I suppose, and my uncommon intelligence for a child, remarked I had too much sense to be raised, and if I was, I would never be of any service to anyone as a slave. And then I learned to read and write. Growing up among the slaves with this confidence in my superior judgment, and when this and their opinions was perfected by divine inspiration, they began to follow me from a young age. I now began to prepare them for my purpose by telling them something was about to happen that would terminate in fulfilling the great promise that had been made to me. About this time, I was placed under an overseer from whom I ran away. And after remaining in the woods thirty days, I returned to the astonishment of the Negroes on the plantation who thought I had made my escape to some other part of the country, as my father had done before. But the reason of my return was that the Spirit appeared to me and said my wishes directed to the things of this world and not to the kingdom of heaven, and that I should return to the service
4: of my earthly master. Is it true you had visions of this uprising in the past? I had a vision.
5: And I saw white spirits and black spirits engaged in battle. And the sun was darkened. The thunder rolled in the heavens and blood flowed in streams. And after this revelation, in the year of 1825 and the knowledge of the elements being made known to me, I sought more than ever to obtain true holiness before the great day of judgment should appear. And then I began to receive the true knowledge of faith. And on the 12th of May, 1828, I heard a loud noise in the heavens, and the Spirit instantly appeared to me and said the serpent was loosened and Christ had laid down the yoke he had borne for the sins of men, and that I should take it on and fight against the serpent. For the time was fast approaching, when the first should be last, and the last should be first. Was a solar eclipse your sign to take action? I knew until the first sign appeared. I should conceal it from the knowledge of men and the appearance of the sign, the eclipse of the sun last February. I should arise and prepare myself and slay my enemies with their own weapons. And immediately on the sign appearing in the heavens, the seal was removed from my lips and I communicated the great work laid out for me to do. It was intended by us to have begun the work of death on the 4th of July last. Many were the plans formed and rejected by us, and it affected my mind to such a degree that I fell sick. And the time passed without our coming to any determination how to commence. Still forming new schemes and rejecting them when the sign appeared again, which determined me not
4: to wait longer. For the first time, you've heard it directly from Nat Turner himself. The rebellion he led was divinely inspired based on signs he saw since his youth. Whether he is truly a religious prophet or not, the state of Virginia and the state of freedom in America will never be the same. This is William Garrison, Liberator News Network.
1: Nat Turner was executed in Jerusalem, Virginia on November 11, 1831 along with 16 men and one woman who had participated in the uprising. As a result of Nat Turner's revolt, the Virginia Assembly considered a bill allowing for gradual emancipation, as most northern states had done a few decades earlier. The violent uprising resulted in creating fear among whites that their lives were in peril if slavery were allowed to continue. A large number of lawmakers supported ending slavery, even though the bill was ultimately defeated. The culture of the South changed. Multiple state legislatures enacted new and even harsher regulations to prevent people from teaching slaves to read, write, and hold religious functions. There were other restrictive laws in an effort to prevent future slave rebellions. Ultimately, Nat Turner's rebellion increased the tensions that would inevitably lead to the Civil War.
0: We're here with our next guest, the publisher of The Liberator, William Lloyd Garrison. William, the two of us were the first journalists on the scene of Nat Turner's rebellion. Do you have any thoughts about the larger meaning of this tragedy and how it will impact the future of America?
4: What we have long predicted, at the peril of being stigmatized as an alarmist and declaimer, has commenced its fulfillment. The first step of the earthquake, which is ultimately to shake down the fabric of oppression, leaving not one stone upon the other, has been made. The first drops of blood, which are but the prelude to a deluge from the gathering clouds, have fallen. The first flash of lightning, which is to ignite and consume, has been felt. The first wailings of bereavement, which is to clothe the earth in sackcloth, have broken upon our ears. In the first issue of The Liberator, we alluded to the hour of vengeance that was coming. Read the account of the insurrection in Virginia, and say whether our prophecy be not fulfilled. What was poetry imagination in January is now bloody reality. Dreadful retaliation. The dead bodies of white and black lying just as they were slain, unburied. The oppressor and the oppressed equal at last in death. What a spectacle. Immediate emancipation can alone save America from the vengeance of heaven and cancel the debt of ages. This is William Garrison reporting, Liberator News Network.
1: The emancipation that William Lloyd Garrison called for after Nat Turner's rebellion did not come after he wrote those words in 1831 but would begin January 1st, 1863, when President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation and was ultimately achieved with the passage of the 13th Amendment in 1865. That Turner's rebellion resulted in the deaths of many white and black people and decades of tighter laws. He believed his violence was commanded by God, whatever we may think of that today. His bloody multi-day campaign was clearly a precursor for a vicious, violent, and brutal multi-year campaign to solve the question of slavery. The Civil War. That Turner's violent uprising stands in stark contrast to the non-violence of civil rights leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who worked tirelessly to bring equality to all Americans. They call that period... The struggle. And it still is. And the work goes on. I'm Bill Curtis. For more information about this episode and our series, please visit our website, weinterruptthisbroadcast.org. Now please listen to this special message about the great work of the Broadcasters Foundation of America. Every day, broadcasters bring us the information and entertainment that enriches our lives, and often saves lives. It's not only the person on air, it's the producers, engineers, management, sales, marketers, camera operators, and more. For more than 70 years, the Broadcasters Foundation of America, a 501c3 charity, has been a safety net, providing financial assistance to broadcasters and their families in acute need from a debilitating illness, tragic accident, or unthinkable catastrophe. Whether a retired broadcaster who can't afford life-saving medications, a family struggling to make ends meet after a crippling accident, or severe damage from a hurricane to the home of a broadcaster in need, the Broadcasters Foundation has always been there to help those in our industry who need it most. Now more than ever, The Broadcasters Foundation is in need of your donations to continue its charitable mission. Please consider a donation today at broadcastersfoundation.org. That's broadcastersfoundation.org. On behalf of all our broadcasters in all areas of our industry, we thank you.